Welcome back to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bran. And it's Halloween again. Yes. Uh, Every day of October is Halloween. Love it. We say it. Love it. That means it goes. We yeah. don't make the rules. No, we don't. We just live them. <laughs> we just live them. <laughs> you know, speaking of rules, you know what I just thought of? I don't know why this just popped in my head. How, like, the number one rule, especially when it comes to true crime mm-hmm. growing up, is never talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And all this, on this podcast, all we do is talk, talk to, to strangers. strangers. <laughs> That's our specialty. We specialize in talking to strangers. Don't live by our rules. <laughs> Speaking of that, so I want to mention a podcast that I've been obsessed with mm-hmm. recently. And you actually told me to listen to it. You're like, you're going to love it. You're going to binge it. And I just, like I said in the last episode, I drove to Pittsburgh recently. So I was in the car for... 12 hours loved over the it weekend. binged it loved it binged <laughs> it fucking repeated no i'm not finished through yet but it's called let's not meet and i have to say i can't take all the credit for this one because i'm gonna shout out the person who introduced me to this oh, really? probably about a year ago okay adam really who listens to our podcast shout out adam shout out adam he knows how much i love podcasts and how much i love true crime and he was like, Brandon, you have to listen to this. And once I did, I was completely hooked. I am fucking obsessed. And I got Jamie hooked on it, too. I, I was like, listen to an episode. And she called him back. She's like, fuck. It's so good. I know. So basically, he reads, um, his name is Andrew. He reads uh, different listener stories that they, like, send in. Yeah. Of, like, scary things that have happened to them. That are literally fucking horrifying. Like, things that, like, you hear on the news. True stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, so scary. Actual fucking stuff. It's, okay, I love it. Like, I love it so much, but it's made me so much more scared, (laughs) (laughs) like, of normal daily life. Yeah. So now, this is what I was going to tell you earlier. I sleep with my taser by my bed. (laughs) And the one night when Carsick didn't sleep with me, like, he was away for work Mm -hmm. or whatever... I literally came in the house and checked all of the closets. Why did you hear the, the one with the mental patient that yes. was under the bed? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was and he like, was giggling. this happens to real people. It could happen to me. He was giggling and was like, he didn't find me under the bed. Oh my God, no. No. I said to Carson, we have like a, a back door as well. And I was like, listen, I don't care if we're on the second floor. You fucking lock that door every night. Yeah. And he was like, no one's going to come. I'm like, lock it. Yeah. And I've been locking it every night and double checking. <laughs> and then I was like walking. <laughs> I was walking out of work to my car the other day. And I looked at my coworker. I was like, she's like, you can go ahead. I'll lock up. I was like, no, I'm coming with you. She's like, why? I was like, I have my taser. <laughs> She's like, why the fuck do you have a taser? Hey, better to be safe than sorry. Why have it if you're why, not going to like... Like be overprepared. Yeah. Whatever. And, like, I'm not living in fear, but, like, that stuff really happens to people, and it's, like, that's the kind of stuff that scares the shit out of me. But I feel like that's also the not positive side, because there is no positive side, but... Like, the awareness. Yeah, of listening to true crime podcasts and watching stuff like that is because... It's, yeah, it's making you more aware that these things do happen and can happen to anyone. And all of his stories are, like, super fucking close calls of people mm-hmm. that, like, it could have gone really bad. Yeah. And I think that's what scares me the most. Yeah. But. 
Oh my god. Listen to him. Again, it's Let's Not Meet. Yeah, this is your cue to do that. Binge the fuck out of it, but also don't forget about us over here. Yeah, we're still here <laughs> yeah. over at Crime Cults and Coffee headquarters, yeah. sipping our coffee. <laughs> Pink walls and all. <laughs> we do have to post a picture of the room one oh day. Oh my god. It's so, so everybody funny. can see we're what we stare ne- at. We're sitting next to a unicorn plushie. What is this thing? What is this supposed to be? I don't know. Some kind of rainbow. I think it's a seal. Ferret or something. <laughs> Yeah, literally, there's, like, a lava lamp in the corner, some baby dolls. Very it's, cozy. It's very cozy. Very cute. But not a crime bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the crime headquarters. Yeah. Um, so we talk about our coffee, or do you have anything else to say? I'm trying to think, because I think I actually did start another new podcast, because the thing is with me, which is also why I mentioned Pod Chaser earlier, mm-hmm. again, we are, this is not a paid <laughs> advertisement, mm-hmm. I... Am caught up on everything mm. that I listen to. So, yeah. like, I have to wait every week for a new episode to come out. So, I've been looking for new things to listen to. Yeah. And have been re-listening because I did miss season six of Let's Not, Let's Not Meet mm. because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um. So, I've been re-listening to that. But I'm trying to think of what else I just started because I did start something else. You know, uh, if I think of it, I'll say it. At the end of the podcast. Okay. But, yeah, let's get into our coffee review. Yeah, so we are doing another Black and Brass coffee. This is our last one from them. I know. I've really enjoyed drinking their coffee. Me too. They've sent us so many good things, and I I really do enjoy their coffee a lot. Yeah. Again, their website is blackandbrasscoffee.com. Yeah, and their Instagram is blackandbrasscoffee. Nice and sweet. Yep, go check them out. We've talked about them multiple times at this point mm-hmm. already. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to pull up the one that we have today? Sure. So, today's coffee is the Ivory Blend. Mm. You can get a 12 ounce bag for $12 on their website. Damn, that's a bargain. Yeah, it really is. Like, think about that. Yeah. It's a bright, clean, beautiful blend of Colombia Blonde and Costa Rica. A fantastic duo, sweet and floral. So, what are you thinking? Wait a minute. I'm on their website right now, and they have a coffee butter lip balm. What? Shut up. Look. Stop it. And a beard balm for those (gasps) guys out there. Oh my goodness. For your fellas. I love that. I'm actually going to look at their snacks (gasps) real quick. They have a harvest moon blend. Oh my (gasps) gosh. And a ghost roast. Everybody. Everybody. This is their seasonal things, I think. Don't forget... You'll, okay, everyone's going to know who exactly we're talking about now when I mention. Mm. They're the ones with the chocolate. Oh, the fucking <laughs> chocolate. I would bathe in that They chocolate. have a salted caramel dark chocolate bar, which is the one they sent us, which was Ugh. fucking delicious. I still dream about that, I swear. Same. Like. It was really good. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I need to order more from them now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. They have a white chocolate peanut butter bar, which I'm oh. also thinking would probably be bomb. They have a cinnamon milk chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yumma. That's yumma. Yum. All right. Uh, so what are you thinking about this coffee? I like it. Um, it's, so you, it, when you were talking about the notes earlier. Right. It, you said it had like a sweet note to it, and I can definitely taste that like you can Same. taste the sweetness in it mm-hmm. um it's not one of my favorites that they've that we've tried from them yeah. yeah 
It's a blend. I feel like it's more on the lighter side. Yeah, that's like, probably why it's not, like, your top from yeah. Black and Brass. Yeah. I would... Let me take a sip again. I don't know. I also taste the sweet notes, definitely. Do you hear our gulps? <laughs> I hope they do. Please. Gulp. <laughs> Please say you do. I think that it's it's smooth definitely mm-hmm. a smooth coffee there's no bitter aftertaste or anything yeah, like definitely that not. Goes easy down. to drink just I agree with Kelsey where it's not my top fave from them it's I can taste the little bit of floral hint in it I as can't. well no no I can I don't know I like it I probably give this one a 6.5 yeah I think I'd give this one a probably 6.5 6.75 yeah in that range yeah but yeah, thank you so much, Black Black and Brass. We really appreciate all of the stuff you have sent us. You guys have been more than supportive. For real, they comment on our stuff. Yeah. They like our stuff on Instagram. It's so oh, amazing. Sweet. I love They're when great. businesses support other businesses. Me too. We've talked about that before. <laughs> people are so nice. Yeah. Sometimes. Some people. If you listened to the last episode, we had a completely different view on people <laughs> where we wanted to be abducted by aliens. <laughs> but, Maybe. But right now we're feeling generous yes right now we like people again (laughs) (laughs) all right you ready to get started yeah so So grab grab your your coffee coffee and have have a morning with us okay so now remembering the case that we're doing today i'm back to hating people same (laughs) absolutely same this makes me sick to my stomach yeah um today's case comes with a trigger warning the case contains absolutely over-the-top graphic details as well as rape. This is probably one of the most graphic cases we've covered on the podcast so far, if not the most graphic. Yeah, I'd probably say it's probably the most. Yeah. Just with all the details. Very disturbing, but we couldn't really... I mean, we we kind of left some things out that were just way over the... Like, way over the top to, that we felt to talk about. Like, it's to the point where we had to we stop were looking at it because yeah. we were getting sick about yeah. it. So, um, just know that we did tone back a bit on some of the details, but it's still very, very, very graphic. Horrible. So, if you don't like that kind of stuff, tune in next week and skip a week of Maybe our, you'll get a of our voices. Week. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Who knows? We're all over the place. Yeah. So... This is the case of Junko Furuta. She was born January 18th, 1971, in Misato, Saitama, Japan. She was 17 years old at the time of this story. The middle child, she lived with her parents, her older brother, and younger brother. She went to Yashio Minami High School. Sorry, we're trying our best. Again, we put pronunciations... Yeah. down for this episode because a lot of them are Japanese words mm-hmm. and we're trying our best. Yes. So she had very good grades. She was well-liked by her classmates. She worked part-time at a plastic molding factory and started this job in October 1988. She wanted to earn money to save for a graduation trip. So I feel like she was so hardworking, especially yeah, for driven. being only 17 years old. Yeah. She accepted a job at an electronics retailer and planned to work there after her graduation. So she already had a job set up for when she graduated. Yeah. 
So now we're going to get into her disappearance, and there were four perpetrators involved in this case. There was Hiroshi Miyano, who was 18 years old, Joe Agura, who was 17, Shinji Minato, who was 16, and Yasushi Watanabe, who was 17. They had been involved in crimes prior to this case, such as stealing, purses, extortion, and rape. So, I feel like... Just, like, not great off the bat. Yeah, and rape already at 16, 17, and 18 years old, they should already have jail time. Yeah. I don't know how they were getting away with this kind of stuff. Uh, Allegedly, Miano liked Furuta, but she denied him when he asked her out. Yeah. Which I feel like maybe she had a good judge of character. Yeah. And she was just like not She was interested. just a smart girl. Yeah. Yeah. November 25th, 1988, Miano and Minato intended on robbing and raping local women. That's just. Like a Friday night out for them? Yeah. Like what? That's just their typical thing to do, I guess. And they roamed around the city of Misato looking for victims, which is just horrific to think about like i can't imagine a group of teenage boys all collaborating and being like yeah let's drive around town and like pick out a victim do this yeah that is so that honestly makes me want to vomit thinking about it right right off the bat yeah so around 8 30 p.m they saw uh junko furuta riding her bike home from work minato kicked junko off of her bike and ran from the scene I think this was kind of as a distraction, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then Miyano then came along pretending to be a witness to what had happened. And remember, Junko had known him, so she was probably like, okay, like, he saw what happened. And that was clearly a planned thing where he was like, oh my god, I just saw that kid kick you off the bike. He actually offered her, like, to walk her home. (sighs) So Miyano then led her to a warehouse nearby... He told Junko he was part of the Yakuza, which is an English equivalent to gangster. Sorry, I put the translation in, in That's like, okay. the middle of another sentence. That's okay. I didn't even realize. That's all right. No, it's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what he told her when he took her to this warehouse, which at that point I would be mortified. That's... I feel like they played on her innocence, too. Yeah. Just, like, or the innocence of anyone, really, being, like, oh, my God, you just got injured. Let me walk you home. Like, there's no way I'm going to let this person come after you again. And meanwhile, they're... The person. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Yakuza were, like, a mafia-like organization in Japan. This is a quote from Wiki. Quote, regarded as being among the most sophisticated and wealthiest criminal organizations. That scares the crap out of me. That's really scary, but I wonder if they were just, or he was just saying he was part of it to, to like, scare scare her. her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, Miano then raped Junko in the warehouse and again in a hotel nearby that night. He threatened to kill her to keep her compliant. Miyano called his friends Minato, Ogura, and Watanabe from the hotel and bragged to them about raping Junko. Oh my god. So, like, that's the first thing that you think of when you do that to somebody, like, calling your friends and being like, guess what I just did? 
I also can't, like, this whole case, and we'll get, obviously, more into it, but I cannot believe, when I hear things like this, where there's multiple people involved, Mm -hmm. I don't understand how not only can one person do that to someone, but how can the rest of these people just jump on the bandwagon? And also partake. Yeah. Yeah. And not report it to someone or be like, wow, you're really fucked up. Mm -hmm. How do you just go, how do you find, how do all these sadistic people collaborate is what I'm trying to say. How do they find each other? I don't know. I don't know. Or or how are there that many of them in one area? That Mm. is mind blowing. Maybe they were part of this mafia. (sighs) Just mind blowing. So, allegedly, Ogura then asked Miyano to keep Junko captive so the other boys could sexually assault and rape her. Note, this group of boys had a history of gang rape. They had recently kidnapped, raped, and then released another girl. So, this was, like, a common occurrence for them. Fuck, weren't they in jail? I don't know. So now we're on to 3 a.m. Miano took Junko Furuta to a park nearby where the boys were waiting. They told her that Yaka... What was it again? Yakuza. They told her that Yakuza members would kill her family if she tried to escape. They knew her address from a notebook that was in her backpack. So they basically (sighs) used that information just to scare the crap out of her. Yeah. They then took her to a house owned by Minato's parents in the district of Adichi and gang raped her. Oh my god. That's just so sickening. Yeah. So November 27th, 1988, Junko's parents contacted the police about their daughter's disappearance. The boys made Junko call her mom to say she had run away and w- and that she was staying with friends. That's <sighs> so manipulative and like mind-blowing. Yeah. They forced her to stop the investigation with police, and she convinced them that she was safe. Oh, Yeah. Can't even imagine that. When Minato's parents were home in the house, she was originally forced to pretend she was his girlfriend. Oh, I don't... I don't know how someone didn't catch on. I feel to like... this poor girl's... Well, we'll talk about it more. But yeah. I feel like somebody did. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, they let go of this act when they were convinced... Minato's parents wouldn't report them to the police. His parents later said, and this is a quote from Wiki, quote, they did not intervene because they were aware of Miano's Yakuza connections and feared retaliation and because their own son was increasingly violent toward them. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but... If that you know that your child's holding a girl captive, like, I understand the fear behind how awful these boys were Mm -hmm. but at the same time get their asses thrown in jail like do something about it yeah so they don't hurt hurt other people yeah don't just like selfishly worry about yourself it's disgusting but especially when they knew this girl was in their house and the things that later we'll talk about that were done to her there's no way they didn't they didn't hear or see anything yeah yeah So, moving on to her captivity, here's where things get very graphic, as if it wasn't already bad enough. Yeah. So, again, if... Yeah, it's honestly stomach-churning. Yeah. Again, if you do not want to hear this stuff, turn the podcast off now. We'll see you next week. Yeah. So, Junko was held captive for 44 days. 
which is just so hard to even think about. So long. Yeah. During this time, she was repeatedly beaten, raped, and tortured. She was allegedly raped by 100 different people over 500 times. Like, what? I don't understand. What? Like I said, how are there that many people that would partake in that? And not say something. Yeah. And... A hundred people? All of those people should be fucking charged. And I hope they all rot in hell, to be honest. Yeah. Because that's... Unforgivable. So, okay. They shaved her pubic hair, made her dance in front of them naked, forced her to masturbate in front of them, and left her on a balcony during the night with very little clothing. Let me remind you, it's winter time. Yeah. They sodomized her with objects, which included a lit, a lit match, a metal rod, and a bottle, among other things. They forced her to eat cockroaches. They cut off her breasts. They hung her from a ceiling and made her a, pun- a punching bag. They force-fed her large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water. They forced her to smoke multiple cigarettes at one time and made her inhale paint thinner as well. I just, like, did they think of all of the most horrible things that you could do to somebody and just do them? Yeah, they had to have because that, I have never heard of such a thing in my life. Me either. And I don't, I don't want to know. No. After about 20 days of being held captive, she was somehow able to get a phone to call the police, but the boys found her and disconnected the phone before she could speak, which I just can't even picture that moment. I can't think about it. I can't because I I visualize everything and I can't. I know, me too. So as a punishment for this happening, Miano repeatedly burned her legs and arms with lighter fluid. She had severe injuries, and then the burns became infected because obviously no one was caring for her. At the end of December, a month since she was kidnapped, Junko was severely malnourished. They fed her only small amounts of food and eventually only gave her milk. Her appearance was completely different from how brutally she had been attacked and from the malnourishment up to this point. How... Like, this is not... They are not human. They They're can't just, be. No. They can't be. No. They have no fucking soul because... They can't how be. How do you do this to a person? It gets even so, worse. I feel so sorry for her. Like, this is... I'm honestly starting to sweat like, listening nobody to deserves this. this. Yeah. Her face was swollen. She could barely breathe because of a bl- blood clot in her nose, and she had internal bleeding. Her body was crippled... She had a rotting smelling, and actually because, a rotting smell to her, and because of this, the boys lost sexual interest in her, but still decided to hold her captive. I don't understand. I don't know. Like, at that point, I mean, they should have just let her go. Yeah, like, they... Like, they were gonna go to, I mean... Unless they weren't, unless they weren't caught, which is was maybe their mindset, like, oh, we just will like make it so we don't get caught. If you let her go, like you were still going to be charged with something if you were caught. Yeah. Right. They actually kidnapped and gang raped another girl that was nineteen years old during this time because they stopped having sexual interest in her. 
Eventually, she was unable to make it downstairs to use the toilet because of her injuries in the state that she was in, and she became confined to Minato's room. Oh my god. Her eardrums were damaged, her hands and feet were smashed with weights, her brain size was reduced by the end of all of this. January 4th of 1989, Miano lost a game of Mahjong and took his anger out on Junko. The boys kicked and punched her. They lit a candle and dripped hot wax on her face. They then put two candles on her eyelids. How do you even... Like, how does this even cross your mind to do a human? I have no idea, but there has to be, like, some kind of sign when they're young that they're going to be like this because this is disgusting. I feel disgusting even talking about it, to be honest. Me too. It makes me so sick. Yeah. They forced her to drink her own pee, which is so... I mean, they literally... Anything you could do to degrade a human to nothing, they did. a human, yeah. Yeah. While being kicked... Junko fell on a stereo unit and started convulsing, and she was bleeding profusely, and pus was coming out of her burns and, like, her infection. The boys continued beating her and dropped an iron exercise ball onto her stomach multiple times. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. I'm nervously taking my hair out because I can't, I can't even think about it right now. I can't picture it in my head. Oh my god. This, This story just makes me very uncomfortable. They then poured lighter fluid on her thighs, arms, stomach, and face and set her on fire. Allegedly, Junko tried putting the fire out but became unresponsive. Oh my god, I can't even think about, like, her in that moment. I just can't see how they were sitting there and just watching it happen and being the cause of it. That's like a human being. Doesn't make any sense. And one and one of you had like a crush on this girl. I. It's really sick. Like so, he obviously knew her as a person to mm-hmm. like her. Right. Knew at some about point. Her. Right. So how could you possibly do that to some? Like not that you shouldn't do that to some or should do that to someone you, you don't, don't know. know. But right. I'm saying like he had some form of connection with her at some point, and he still did it. Yeah. And that's, that's like really mind-boggling. What, that's really me. what prompted him doing it. It's because he knew her. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. So, <clears throat> after becoming unresponsive, at some point, Junko Furuta died, and all of this reportedly lasted two hours. No. Yeah. Following her murder and up to an arrest. Less than 24 hours later, Minato's brother called him and told him that Junko seemed to be dead. Seemed. I don't understand that. Like, she's, I think she's, I think she's dead. Yeah. Like, what? And how do you call someone and just nonchalantly say that to them? And how do you live there and, like, not know what's going on? Well, the brother was participating. Yeah, I know, but... But, yeah. The boys then wrapped her body in blankets and put her in a travel bag. They put the bag into a 55-gallon or 208-liter drum and filled it with concrete. No. 
Around 8 p.m., they disposed the drum into a cement truck in Kodo, Tokyo. And then we're moving on to January 23, 1989. Miyano and Agura were arrested for the gang rape the gang rape of the 19-year-old girl that we mentioned previously. Yeah, that when she was still there. Yeah, and so obviously they had released her. Mm-hmm. Moving on to March 29th, 1989, two police officers interrogated them. Women's underwear was found at their homes. Miano thought that... Thought... I'm sorry. Miano thought the that one of the police officers knew about Junko Furuta and that Agura had confessed, so he then told police where to find her body. Thank God he thought that. Yeah, I'm glad he jumped to that conclusion. Police had actually been questioning them about a separate case that remains unsolved to this day, actually. there was literally another person. Yeah, who knows if it was related to them or not, but another. it's still, yeah, it's a person that's missing, and it's still cold. And they had been questioning them about that when Miano confessed. Not, uh, Junko. Wow. Yeah. March 30th, 1989, which was the next day, police found the drum with Junko's body in it. She was identified through her fingerprints. April 1st of 1989, Ogura was arrested for another sexual assault and then rearrested for the murder of Junko Furuta. Watanabe, Minato, and Minato's brother were subsequently arrested. Other accomplices were then later identified and charged with participation in Junko's abuse. This included Tetsuo Nakamura and Koichi Ihara. They were charged with rape, and their DNA was found on and inside of Junko's body. I hope when they say this included, these are just... Some, some of the names because if there were over or if there were around a hundred people involved there better be more than, than just that. that yeah i can't even imagine it, this is what's publicly known like i can't even imagine what her family has to go through no and have to like think about no this whole thing is absolutely sickening and just mind-blowing that it's real that it actually happened that these things actually happened to people. yeah this poor girl i just oh my god my heart breaks for her so now we're going to move on to the prosecution at first the identities of the boys were kept secret because remember they were still juveniles at this time fuck that but a magazine felt that way, Bryn, and they said... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they said, no, we're going to end up telling you because they... Everybody should know what their names are. Mm-hmm. They ended up figuring out the names and published them. Good. The four boys pled guilty to, quote, committing bodily injury that resulted in death instead of murder. No. It's straight up murder. You're the cause of the death. Like, what were you trying to accomplish by smashing... A weight on this girl's stomach and starving her to death mm-hmm. and brutal like brutalizing her. And burning what were her you? Body. Like, yeah. What were you lighting her on fire? What were you? You weren't trying to murder her. Yeah. And I'm sorry. The fact that they just said uh, committing bodily injury. Like it's a little bit more than bodily injury. Way longer list than that. Yeah. They should have listed every fucking thing. That's honestly, I feel like the only reason why we put it in here is because 
she had to go through it, so I feel like people should know what she had to go through. Right. As bad as it like is. Like, it shouldn't be lessened like, to re- bodily in injury that yeah. resulted in death. She went through straight-up hell for 44 days. Yeah. That's honestly, I feel like, a dishonor to her by saying that. It is. That's, like, lessening what everything. Happened to her. Yeah. And taking, also, taking the blame off, not taking the blame completely away from them, but taking blame off of them. Yeah. No, 100%. So now we're on to the prosecution. Oh, wait, we already talked about that. Mm. Sorry, I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> um, okay. So, July of 1990, the court sentenced Miano, who, again, was 18 at the time, the alleged leader of the group, to 17 years in jail. The leader of this group that did all of this shit to this woman got 17 years in jail. Excuse me while I scream into a pillow. This next part makes me a little bit happy, but not too much. He appealed this, but then the Supreme Court sentenced him to an additional three years when he tried to appeal it. No. I'm sorry. This man... Oh, no. It needs to be so much longer. Yeah, this man should be fucking... First of all, going through everything she went through. Tenfold. If you can do it to somebody, you should have it done to you. Yeah. Second of all, should be rotting. Rotting. In prison. In prison. Yeah. I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. Miano was denied parole in 2004. Minato, who is 16 at the time, received four to six years, but then was later resentenced to five to nine years. <sighs> and remember, this is the person's house. His Minato's it was the house that she was in. His parents and brother were not charged. I don't even care who the fucking ringleader was in all of this. They all did something. Anyone who participated, even if people weren't, like, as heavily involved as all the stuff we listed, mm-hmm. still should have all gotten more than this. Oh, 100%. And everyone who was involved in even the slightest thing we listed should be fucking rotting because yeah. there is no reason... Someone should be in jail for five to nine years with what this case involved. For what they did to her. That is so infuriating. Yeah. I, she just did not get which the justice that she deserved from all of this. Like, why did she have to go through this and then her attackers weren't even punished? Oh my god, I can't. Oh my god. I hope. Oh my, I don't even know. I don't know either. When... Minato was released. He actually moved back in with his mom. He was arrested again for attempted murder of a 32-year-old man who he beat with a metal rod and slashed his throat with a knife. I'm sorry, but, like, did the justice system at any point think that, like, okay, time to put him away? Like, he's going to keep doing this. Right, obviously going to keep doing it because someone who... It's not like he... Committed a petty crime. Yeah. He did all these brutal things, things to a 17-year-old woman. Yeah. You're going to go back out and reoffend. You shouldn't even be able to go back out and reoffend. You shouldn't even give but, him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't understand. I am, this case makes me so fucking angry all around. Me too. 
Watanabe, who was 17 years old at the time, was sentenced to three to four years originally, but then given five to seven. After his release, he was arrested in 2004 for assaulting Takatoshi Isono. He attacked and shoved this man into a truck, kidnapped him, and took him to his mother's bar. He beat Isono for four hours and then threatened to kill him. What the fuck? And he was sentenced to seven years in prison for this, but then released again. What is his system? I don't know, but I don't want any part of it. Maybe it's different in another country, but, like, I feel like with the brutality of things, it shouldn't even matter. Like, these people should be rotting in jail. I don't want any part of it. I don't care if that's the tenth time I said it. (laughs) I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it. It just makes no fucking sense to me. It doesn't. And then, yeah, like, he committed this horrific crime. Oh, let's put him away for five to seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Comes back out. Does it Recommits again. a horrific crime. Oh, let's sentence him another seven years. Maybe he'll yeah. change after that. Maybe he'll learn his lesson. Like, no. People that are this horrible do not learn their lesson. No. And they do not change. And why should they give, be given the chance? That There is a fucking line. Yeah. Where people should be given a chance. Yeah. Doing what they did to that girl... To Junko? They shouldn't give it a chance. No. Yeah. That's way beyond the line. So moving into the, the aftermath, Junko Furuta's funeral was on April 2nd, 1989. This was written by a friend at the memorial. Quote, John Chan, welcome back. I have never imagined that we would see you again in this way. You must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. The happy, which is a traditional Japanese coat worn at festivals. We all made for the school festival looked really good on you. Oh my god, that's so sad. We will never forget you. I have heard that the principal has presented you with a graduation certificate. So we graduated together, all of us. Jun Chan, there is no more pain, no more suffering. Please rest in peace. And her high school principal presented her diploma to her parents, which is really sad. Her story was inspiration for the 2004 film Concrete, which honestly I never want to watch. Me either. I'm never watching that. No. And there were other books and films made as well about um, Junko Furuta's story. Yeah, I don't want any part of those. No. No, not unless it's, like, supporting the family in some way or, like, um, in memoriam of her. But even so, I'll play it and I'll I'll leave the room while I plays. I know. Because I do not want to visualize that more than I already have in my own mind. I have, and in the worst ways. Yeah. I'm the same way with, like, graphic things like that. I have to visualize what's happening I do without without me too. Choice. I don't even try. Yeah, and it's just automatic in my brain. I see what's happening. Yeah, and it's disturbing. Yeah, I just can't believe the hell on earth that that girl had to go through, and don't understand why that happened to her. And on top of that, why they weren't. This is the type they of They weren't served with the fucking justice they yeah. deserved. It's so, so... This is the type of case where I'm like, why? What was... What possible reason could there be for something to have happened... Like, for this to have happened to that poor girl? What? 
And for so many people to partake in it, yeah. it's just so sickening and sad. I'm still nervously playing with my hair because I'm so uncomfortable. <sighs> my back hurts from being like hunched <laughs> over. I know. <laughs> from like squeezing myself. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. I think Did that was a squirrel that? outside the, the window. Fucking hell, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what more to say because it's just it's so... Horrible. Yeah, it's just so beyond awful. Like, there is no word in the dictionary to describe the level of fucking awful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Is there anything we can end this episode a little lighter on, as horrible as her case was? Let us know what you guys are dressing up as for Halloween, if anyone's doing that. Yeah, that would be fun. Send us some Halloween costume pics. Yeah. We can put them on our story. Do that, because I want to see. Halloween's literally my favorite. I want to see what everyone dresses up Same. Brighten our lives up, please. (laughs) We're not doing a case like this for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing with children. Yeah. Nothing with horrible, gruesome details. Let's do a haunted house. (laughs) Well, when we said that, I mean, we, we mean it when we say things like that, because we said that about... The, uh, what's it called? The chicken coop. Yeah. Murders. And we have not done anything like that since Since. then. Yeah. So, if it does happen, it's not going to happen for a while. We're going to need to... I need to decompress. Yeah. Because that was a really, really awful and graphic, extremely graphic I think I I pulled 30 bobby pins out of my head (laughs) during that time. You guys know the spiel. <laughs> Leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you get a sticker. Just make sure you send us a DM so we know who you are. Yes. And that you're not just like, happy girl, one, two, three. We need to know who that is. <laughs> That's no one. Send us I made a screenshot. Send us a screenshot. Go to our Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee. You can check the link in our bio for our link tree that has all of our stuff on there. It's where our merch is sold. By the way, we still have some mugs left over, which would be a perfect gift for anybody who has a birthday in October because they're really cool. If you haven't seen them yet, they say my crystal ball says... You're full of shit. You're full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a clear mug. We have some, a couple original teas left, right? Yes, we do. I believe three or four. That's it. Yeah. I think three. Yeah. So check those out if you want. Hopefully we'll have the new ones out soon. I can't find the podcast I'm listening to. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Yeah, it, it, I think it was last week and I've listened to many since then. So I'll tell you next episode if, That's I, all right. if I find it. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. I think that's about it. Yeah. You talked about all the things. All the things that are things. The Instagram, the Facebook. Oh, I forgot Facebook. The Facebook. Go to our Facebook for the case pictures and our resources, resources and links to things. If we don't any... make this shit up on our own. God, no. I couldn't even imagine. There's a lot of, of people shit. that create the articles that we research. We do re- we do, do our own research, but... But we didn't write the articles. Yeah. So. Yeah. Check them out. And I think that's about... Oh, 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 oh. We... Have been watching uh, some new shows. We mentioned Panic a couple episodes ago. I started Only Murders, Murders in, in the, the building. building. Yeah. I watched one episode. Me too. But Carson I, was like, we're only on episode one. You have to watch it yeah. until then. So I was like, okay. 
Yeah, just one episode. I just finished Nine Perfect Strangers and holy I haven't fuck. yet. Don't tell me I haven't yet. The I last haven't. episode blew my fucking mind. Oh my god, I can't wait. Oh my Masha. god, it was so good. Masha. I love her. Me too. Uh, I need a Nicole Kidman. You know what I just started life. rewatching last night? Instead, <laughs> I should have been watching one of my other five shows that what? I haven't finished, but I started rewatching Station 19. It's like the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Because I only watched like a season and a half of that show, and then somehow I fell out of it. Mm. And they always do crossovers with Grey's. Oh. And so I restarted that, and it's so good. I love it so much. I don't think I've ever watched it. I watched the other spinoff, Private Practice. Yeah. yeah. You would love Station 19. Okay. I need ba- something new to binge. Bailey's husband is on the fire department, so that's how it, like, crosses over. Oh. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. Love it. And the acting is great. Yeah, as always. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And... I think that's it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook